going to play the intro. And Let's bring I'm on the, the people who are much prettier and funnier than us. Yes. Here with the award-winning. The award-winning, yes. No Time, no to, time binge. to Binge. guys up in the mountains and now for something completely different guys who makes snow like as their job what i do is uh i look a woman up and down and i say i'm coming to join you bitch i really like to You want to get into things? Well, I mean... No, 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 no. Let's get into things. Let's get real. Everybody, Bojack wants to get real. Cancel the bubble round, because we're getting real. Oh, hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, welcome to a very special episode of No Time to Binge. Um, good and bad news. Bad news, unfortunately, our superstar host, B. Highland, uh, has caught the the uh a thing the thing, a thing. you know a thing. The thing and uh yeah we told him stay off don't get in don't get your computer a, a bug or something yeah. anyway so this is no time to binge this is award-winning no time to binge we have won 300 separate awards for this show mostly for pop culture mostly for comedy mostly for uh other random things that are going on and if you don't know what this show is uh what we do is we find uh television shows that people like a lot we watch just the first episode of one and then just the last episode of it and then we fill in a bunch of random shit that we think should happen in the middle and then we try to figure out if it's worth our time to binge this show uh with with me as always obviously we have the 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 big double d himself uh D dylan the terry i don't know yeah sure there you go you're calling you the d man earlier yeah sure uh, i'll take you, it then you got the big m millionaire michael colby down there how are you sir uh, uh yeah. oh okay oh, yeah. is, it, is this 90s michael oh man it's uh just woke up michael uh, oh cool yeah <laughs> this, this is uh i love nirvana uh i'm pretending to be tired all day nirvana anyway uh so what we did was we we started watching a show called <laughs> my so-called life and if you don't know about this show it came out in 1994 and it pretty much is all about uh the bastion of teen angst uh angela who's played by claire danes is a high schooler in constant turmoil over her exposure to boys friends drugs sex and basically the normal 1990s teen trappings. Now, many of the plots revolves around Angela's crush on heartthrob Jordan Catalano. Uh, now, usually we kind of hop into what this is. Uh, we, you know, if you watched our last episode for whatever reason, uh, we went over Alf and we go over sometimes plot holes uh, that we missed and we didn't actually miss any. So we got some random questions from our Patreon members uh, and they wanted to know certain things about our host. So I'm going to take a couple of seconds just so that you guys get used to who we are as people uh, by our you know enormous Patreon members. Uh, now we have Reasonable Animal would like to know from Dylan. Mm -hmm. uh, Dylan, what's the weirdest thing you've seen in someone else's home? Oh, man. Well, I went over to your place the other day, and I got to say, like, the list of things that I wrote down while you weren't looking was uh, prodigious. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the gremlins from Gremlins mm -hmm. uh, with uh, illegal paraphernalia in hand. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. that's, an, that's an interesting choice. You must have set that up for some reason. Yeah. 
Uh, it was a Cuban cigar, right? I think they're still illegal. Uh, and it is a double life size gremlin. I don't know why I have that thing, yeah. but uh, I worked in a movie theater for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that was pretty weird. Okay, uh, let's see. Michael Colby, uh, Cocky Classic 16 would like to know from you what would be the worst, quote, buy one, get one free sale of all time? The worst buy one, get one free sale. Um, it would be if you you had to buy a movie starring Jared Leto and you got a different Jared Leto movie for free. Not two of the same movie. Yeah, I no, see it would be two different twice. movies, but oh, okay. you would have to you would have to watch uh, Jared Leto twice. OK, <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be pretty bad. Uh, now, we have a question for B, but because they're not here, I'm going to ask both of you guys just to answer it for them, if that's OK. Uh, Hyena subsequent 1994 would like to know from B, um, what is the most imaginative insult you can come up with? <laughs> can I say it on the air? Yeah, of course. Oh, this is PG-13, I think. Oh, okay. We're allowed uh, one F word if we do it cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let Michael take this one because I answered the first question. Oh, that, um, the most, the most interesting, the most imaginative, the most imaginative yeah. insult, insult that I can think of that you can come up with right now at this moment, spot, live this moment for charity. Uh, for charity for charity you're letting literally down here <laughs> literally eight minutes after i just woke up the most the uh the, the best insult bit. i can come up with is fart eater Ooh, okay well we're setting, we're setting the 90s so that that kind of works mm -hmm. uh dylan do you have anything before i quickly move on from this bit <laughs> yeah uh you're about as you're about as funny as those guys from that award-winning comedy podcast Oh boy, we're not. We're not. Dude, it, the the problem is, <laughs> I hate without you. B here, and yeah, I just really. woke up. Uh, we are not together, doing guys. this show justice. Today. <laughs> okay, listen. Uh, we're gonna hop on to what we do on the show now. Uh, once again, this is for charity. Okay, so uh, we're obviously trying to do our best because this isn't the normal day we do things. Michael Colby is usually asleep right now. Dylan Terry is usually at work right now. I'm usually talking to nobody right now. So we're doing things that are really out of our realm for you for charity. Uh, this is for the world. Uh, the, the world central kitchen and also sandy hook promise so please throw some money into that gofundme you'll mm -hmm. probably find the links in the show notes now i'm going to do something crazy if you can prove to me that you donated ten dollars i myself only will send you a personal podcast a a, a personalized podcast of your choosing uh, two to three episodes i'm not sure uh but if you can prove to me that you donated ten dollars in this gofundme you get a one for you only personalized podcast by zach wiseman of some nobody's uh fame and award and win wow just if they donate ten dollars during this episode no actually if you if you can prove to me in the next by the whole 12 hours when this thing is done if you can prove to me zach wiseman or mick manhattan that you donated ten dollars to this thing i will send you a personalized podcast of your choosing or my choosing whichever you prefer and anyway and if you donate twenty dollars, um, the Zach Wiseman podcast will guest star Michael Colby. Oh, there you go. Okay, 
Now, if you donate $50, you'll get a season two of that. Uh, okay, so anyway, <laughs> my so-called life. Uh, now, season one, episode one is beautifully titled Pilot, uh, which is giving you mm-hmm. everything. Uh, Dylan Terry, can you tell me what happens in season one, episode one called Pilot? Man, you guys, life is hard in the 90s in high school. Uh, you dye your hair, your friends don't like it. You get a new friend, your friends don't like them. You don't like your friends. You like a boy, and a different boy likes you. You don't like your parents or your siblings. They like you, but not what you did with your hair. Uh, Angela, played by Claire Danes, is a girl who's having a hard time. She's just having such a hard time being liked and liking people. Uh, it's a bunch of stuff about liking people. It's a very, it's very much like a teen drama. Um, they go, so this, she used to be not popular. She made friends with a popular girl, changed her hair, isn't friends with her old friends, has a crush on a popular boy, might be a cult leader, who knows. Uh, makes some inappropriate comparisons about how Anne Frank got to live in an attic with a boy she liked for a long time. Mm, Very yeah. 90s. Uh, they go to a party without her parents. It's it's kind of classic 90s shenanigans. Lie to your parents about going to like a study over or something. Go to a band party, get assaulted by some 20-year-olds, get arrested by a cop, get taken home by that cop. Your crush sees you, or your the guy who's crushing on you sees you get out of the cop car, and then you see your dad with another woman, maybe. Yeah, it's a little unclear because it's dark. It's, out. it's it's unclear, but uh, yeah, man, just life is hard. Man, you shit's know? sad. It's sad. Nineties, dude. Honestly, if if you were like privileged in the nineties, things were so hard. It's just so uh, hard. What was the color of her hair before she dyed it? Uh, not red. See, I thought it was red too. When she came, I, I was like, thought oh, it was I thought red. red but they different. make a they make a point to say it's not red anymore, or it, yeah, it is red now, as opposed yeah, to before. And and it's it's a kind of red that people are offended by. Yeah, it's like holy shit, why are you it's like, doing? It's this? like Willow from Buffy Red. It's like that. No, mm-hmm. Good. I thought you were like Willow from Willow, and I'm like, well, well, yeah, sure, why not? The mom, I guess. Uh, all right, so uh, Michael Colby, does that kind of sum this up? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say one thing about the editing um, of this episode. The editing was so amazing. It made a 42-minute um, episode of television feel like a three-hour epic movie. It it felt so long. There was one shot um, where the mother was holding a tray of food, And she stood there for a full 15 seconds before I'm assuming the director said action and she started moving and they just left in there. It was it was a really bold choice for uh, a television show to feel quite so, so excruciatingly long. Yeah, I agree. My my favorite part of the production of this episode is when they smear Vaseline on the camera lens. So everything is really blurry. Mm-hmm. And they put an iris around it, so it's all kind oh. of faded on the edges. Yeah, and so they, nice. Uh, desaturate all the colors, so we don't even know. We hardly remember what color her hair dyed into. <laughs> I use the double D. There we go. I thought yeah, I thought right. was double D. Uh, also, yeah. is there anyone other than Joe Rogan that can get away with doing some kind of Anne Frank bit? How saying like, "Oh, she was so lucky." Can you say Anne Frank was free at any point? Was she free? I don't think so. Zach, I'm going to send you proof. All right, give it to me, horror with Sir <laughs> Study, because you're going to get a personalized podcast from me. I swear. Okay, um, Michael, Colby, mm-hmm. we hop ahead to mm-hmm. June 26th, 1995. 
I was 16 years old. 16 years old. Mm -hmm. And then what came out on possibly CBS or ABC, but Hulu right now for sure, was a show entitled In Dreams Become Responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, can you please sum up what happens in this last episode, the season series finale of My So-Called Life? Well, uh, the the Claire Danes' character is no longer friends with the girl with the braids, um, but is still friends with the gay guy who might be bisexual. We don't know who has a crush on a girl who has a crush on him mm -hmm. um claire danes and jordan catalano have broken up for a reason we'll get to soon <laughs> oh, um yeah. and then they have gotten back together uh claire danes's friend who's a nerd who has a crush on her wrote a letter for Jordan Catalano telling Claire Danes how much he loves her, but it was really about him loving her. Um, but Jordan took the credit. She finds out um, that it was the curly haired guy who wrote the note, um, which then she gets into Jordan Catalano's car um, but is staring at curly-haired guy who may or may not have been in a tree. I feel like he was in a tree at some point, <laughs> yeah, but I don't remember when he that was. was. I think that was the first one. episode, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, so he was not in a tree at this point, um, and uh, she looks at him longingly. Um, also, the woman that the father was with in the first episode was not someone he was having an affair with quite yet she was actually someone who was helping him buy a restaurant um i think they were going to have an affair but unfortunately for everyone uh my so-called life was canceled after just one season yeah that was tough and it ended on such a cliffhanger mm -hmm. like this it was, was a, it was so many one. cliffhangers it was like so many cliffhangers I, I, like I've never seen that many cliffhangers. Yeah, in an episode um, of television. Yeah, so it's it's pretty clear that in, in 1994 slash 1995, you there was no such thing as bisexual. You either liked mm -hmm. girls or you were gay, uh, and that and you have to just accept that. Even if you like a girl, mm -hmm. you're probably still gay, uh, which was fine. And I think that ultimately he was probably my favorite character. He seemed the one that kind of held everything together yeah. and you know kept the friends and was always yeah, telling people sure. the right things to do um now now like i said uh i like and, the... I, can i just say something about being bisexual in 1995 sure uh you're right um you either were gay or you were straight and uh in 19 everybody knows that being bisexual was invented in 2003 yes um, so it was a very confusing time for me specifically because I had to keep switching uh, back and forth. So, um, yeah, yeah it, it, was, it was a tough time. Uh, fortunately, in 2003, they invented bisexuality and yeah. 
And and honestly, we all got happier. Okay. Yes, it's like, oh, absolutely. Man, we, we don't yeah, get made fun anymore. Uh, Daniel Gallo says season two was going to feature the uh, the affair, I think. And and, and I completely agree. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, what what we do on the show is I usually challenge uh, my fellow hosts to do some research, to really do some deep diving. Uh, Behan says liking girls is the gayest thing you can do. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, not in 1994. Uh, I think anytime after 2004. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty gay like a girl. Yeah. Um, so I, I asked you guys beforehand to do as much research as possible and to find out what you found season two was going to be about. So season two, Michael Colby, what did mm. you find out season two was supposed to be about? Well, what I really concentrated on um, was the the relationship between um, Claire Danes and curly haired guy. Um, which I found out they were originally going to get together at the beginning of the season. Um, they were going to have a falling out in the middle of the season. Jordan Catalano was going to come back. Um, and then Jordan was going to write a song for Claire Danes, uh, for curly haired guy. Brian, I think was his name, Mm -hmm. um, to sing, um, he was going to take credit for the song and then she was going to get on the back pegs of his bike. And then she finds out that Jordan actually wrote the song uh, and she was going to stare longingly at Jordan as they rode away on the bike. Yeah, it was, it, it was like, mm-hmm. apparently they were just going to do that every season. It, every oh. season was going to be hmm. structured yeah. exactly the same. Well, I mean, they, all you know, of they... the characters, but with different relationships. Yeah, the showrunner okay. was a big Star Wars fan, and they decided to do the Empire Strikes Back and just make sure that it rhymed uh, and just kind of flip flop thing a little bit, which was perfect. Uh, Dylan Terry, what did you uncover about season two of my so-called life? I'm I'm a little disappointed in myself because I don't remember the specific name, but the conversation between Angela and her old friend Sharon. Sharon makes references to previous best friends of Rayanne who she kind of like elevated to popularity. And then it's like, but you remember what happened to her, but you remember, and they don't reveal that in the first season at all. They, they talk about it and they keep mentioning Rayanne has like a list of friends who are no longer at the school. And I think during season two, they were going to reveal that she was raising these girls to popularity and then devouring them whole to coalesce her own popularity and increase it. By absorbing the the proteins of the people, or somehow eating their popularity, uh, both. Oh wow! Yeah, it was I very. Not... It was gonna. It was gonna pull a lot from like ancient Greek myth with like uh, Titan devouring his son or Kronos devouring his son. They were gonna make oh, like yeah. the. Yeah, yeah, they did reference Kronos a lot. That was yeah. true. Um, okay, now here's some questions that I had for you guys. Uh, in the very beginning of the of the last episode, uh, one of the, the a big part of Claire's dream is Aunt Gertrude's funeral. Now, the reason that was in her dream was because something just very significant happened. A couple things significant happened during Aunt Gertrude's funeral, uh, most of which Claire could not get rid of. Um, Dylan Terry, mm-hmm. what was the most disturbing thing that happened to Claire at Aunt Gertrude's funeral to make her constantly dream of this? I mean, she really should have learned not to like climb the tree to watch the funeral in that outfit. Um I mean, wearing a Sasquatch outfit to your great aunt's funeral is already kind of an issue. Climbing a tree just makes you look like wildlife. And so when the rangers shot at her and it disrupted everything and she was really embarrassed. And in the 90s in high school, being embarrassed in a Sasquatch 
suit, I think Michael can attest to this, is really, really difficult. Yeah, especially when that Sasquatch suit is pretty much a ghillie suit made from Brian's curly hair, which mm -hmm. made him fall in love with her a little more. And uh, before before anybody, because this is PG, um, it's not like normal. Um, Zach is, in fact, talking about the curly hair that's on top of his head. Oh, right. Yes. Thanks for the clarification. Mm. I wasn't. Yes, you were. Because it's oh. PG. God, Zach. Mm. You, could, you could say curlies. <laughs> I asked. I asked specifically. Mick Manhattan says, if you do a podcast for somebody, you could say curlies. And I said, okay, I'll do a podcast okay. for you, my friend. Uh, but same question to you, Michael Colby. What was the most disturbing thing to happen to Claire Danes, a.k.a. Angela, at Aunt Gertrude's funeral? Well, uh, I mean, the whole thing with Claire Danes um, at Aunt Gertrude's funeral was the Sasquatch thing. Um, so, uh, you know, I think Dylan already went over that just fine. Uh, what happened was during the funeral, while they were, you know, doing the Sasquatch thing and the Rangers were going after uh, Claire Danes, um, several things happened Um during the funeral uh there was you know the the normal family dramas they they really spent a lot of time on this you know it it was at least half of the episode for each uh for yeah, each episode of the show was was what was going on at this funeral so there was the normal family drama stuff there was the teen romance uh stuff that was happening i don't know why these things always happen at funerals in the 90s <laughs> But I thought the most mm -hmm. interesting thing was um, the assassin who was the one who actually killed Aunt Gertrude did go to the funeral. Um, she was watching from the back um, in between the trees, dressed up in, in normal assassin garb, um, the trench coat with the high uh, collar and the sunglasses and, Wait, and the, the whole was... thing. Aunt Gertrude's assassin or the Sasquatch assassin? The Aunt Gertrude's assassin. Okay. The one who yeah. killed Aunt Gertrude. Oh, okay. um, because, and they go into this, um, this is in, in a lot of uh, the novelizations. It's in a lot of the, uh, oh. the, the video game stuff, the, the outside, it, you know, they'd love to do this in the nineties, early two thousands. They would tie everything together. Mm -hmm. um, you couldn't just have the show. Uh, so there was a whole thing about Aunt Gertrude's time as a spy in Russia. Um, you know, she was getting information on the KGB. She was selling it back to the Americans, but she was also selling it to the French, which I thought was a little bit strange because I didn't think the French and the Russians really had anything to they, do with, it, with each they, other. They go into that in the uh, 360 video game. Okay. Yeah. I didn't play that one. Yeah. Um, oh. But but yeah, they had her and then they were showing her um LSD flashbacks, the, the assassins LSD flashbacks, not Aunt Gertrude's. Those were different. Um she was on a whole psilocybin thing. Mm -hmm. it, it was the way that they focused on the teen romance stuff in the first and last episodes really took away from what the show actually was. Um, because there was just so much like espionage and 
it it was really like an interesting show but then they did keep going back to the romance stuff uh and so much stuff happened in the bathroom of that high school um and aunt gertrude's assassin was in the one stall the whole time it's it's a whole thing um i don't want to ramble because i i already have um i, I just want to yeah. say I I love the shot where she like looks under the stalls to see if the bathroom's empty. And then you see the boots come down mm -hmm. and you just know something's going to go down. Yeah. Yeah. She, I, like, I don't who named that cat boots. And so... the thing is that, the, that the show didn't, the show didn't um, last long enough to find out what the assassin was doing in that bathroom like what information she was getting because she was there the whole time so she must have been getting something it would have been a waste of her time to be in that bathroom yeah for no reason um i i really wish well apparently they took that entire storyline and uh you know, uh john cusack bought the rights to that storyline and made gross point blank out of it oh. so that that's why they really didn't want to get into it because once he bought the rights to technically mm -hmm. season two of my so-called life aka gross point blank uh in the 90s um yeah yeah they had that, that makes kind of so around. much sense and yeah yeah it, it was just weird that that john cusack played the assassin because the assassin was played by a 76 year old woman yeah um in the show well he is and known to whitewash his own material he was the same Dude, oh, honestly, that yeah. 360 video game, uh, and I could only watch clips of it. I couldn't find it for myself. I'm in the mountains yeah. of Colorado, uh, yeah. so I could only I could only watch uh, videos from what I could search on Bing, and it seemed pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it goes for a lot because it was it was a fairly rare. Um, it, it was a it was a small run, and it is backwards compatible, but it has so much. Uh, licensed music that you can't buy it in the store anymore oh. so you have to buy the physical copy yeah yeah um, and it's it's just it's tough to get a hold of anymore um but b i do have two copies i will send you one. Oh well i oh wow i mean i i mean i would like one uh well too bad well i mean dylan and i live some we're really kind of close so if you were to give it to us we, then two mm. people could play it instead of just just okay, but I, I like B better than the two of you put together. We're so. going to yeah, move on here. Uh, and, and honestly, we had a couple comments down there. One was uh, Daniel was saying that the Krakow was the first uh, incel, which is mm -hmm. true. It was one of the questions I was going to ask. Brian, uh, at the very end of the episode, was like, well, if I... <laughs> and he did say this. He goes, ah, she's going to fucking die someday anyways. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> no. well, we're all going to die. If I can't have a he girlfriend, it. they're all going to die. used it, Zach. Thanks a lot. Yeah. That was a quote. No, that was a quote from the show. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter, count. Man. No, it doesn't count here because that's a quote from something else. It does. It's like you're allowed to cuss in front of your parents if it's a quote from someone else because you're, you know, paying tribute. Now I have to watch my own language. Great. Yeah. You don't have to. I mean, uh, uh, B says, I can't wait to play it again. Thank you. Oh, man. <laughs> well, folks, you're, you might be watching live the breakdown of, of this show. We unravel uh, every, epi every episode. We unravel and then we come back together at the end. Well, because it, it, we, always, bond. 
Well, two of us always draw lines in the sand, and I don't know why, because I guess it is classic 90s so-called life. Um, okay, now let's get into the meat of this thing. Oh, also, I did see a comment that the Sasquatch was there all along. True, if you actually watch in the background, you'll see a lot more devious things that this director threw into there, uh, which was another reason they didn't want to put it on there, because I had to switch over to Supernatural um, and then have mm -hmm. two white guys play that. So, um, okay, mm. the meat of the show, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Claire Danes, a.k.a. Angela, episode one loves the joker yes mm -hmm. episode last is pretty upset with the joker mm -hmm. now what we find out throughout the season is that he hurts her a couple times now it is arguable which one was the one to make her not talk to him for the second half of the season uh the drummer always brings up the, that that's <laughs> honestly <laughs> yeah B that's keep... actually Never, ever true. <laughs> no, no. You look at ZZ Top. That drummer broke that band right up. Um, now, what I, do you I'm think? I'm pretty sure that was a death. <laughs> that broke that band. Are, are they so. still together? I don't think so. They're not, uh, now, they're not. Dylan Terry, mm -hmm. of all the times Jordan hurt her in the 90s, 1994, 1995, what would you say was... Just the dumbest. Like, come on, get over that, Angel. It's when he took her to see Independence Day. Just in general, she's just not a sci-fi fan. And she tells him again and again and again, like, I want to go see Jurassic Park. I want to go see mm -hmm. Jurassic Park. And he's like, cool, I got to stick it to the movies. We're going to go. Sits down, big old credits. And, you know, she can't leave because it's rude in the 90s to leave during a movie. She's didn't, stuck there for like three hours. Didn't Independence Day come out in 1996? I mean, this show was made in like 1990 seven Four. or something like it was after the fact what was after the fact it was after the fact what, what okay a what was the fact and b what's after the fact it's a tv show it doesn't have to adhere the, to like strict reality the uh, show the show was made in 1994 it was set in 1997 oh. they made the movie independence day so that so that the, oh, the for, show was for a random movie so that for the continuity. timeline matched up with them with this the show, show might be deeper than I think. I gotta Absolutely. do some more research on this. Uh, Zach, uh, you should know from this show that every single show has layers and layers mm -hmm. of the stupidest stuff you'll Except ever Jojo. hear about. That show's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's Which really one? basic. <laughs> Jojo. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, JoJo's pretty and his yeah. and his pretty boring adventures. Um, so it was going to Independence Day and and what ruining the ending? Yeah. Oh, that is and, yeah, that is yeah. It was aliens the whole time. Who would have guessed? Yeah, I, everyone I think that's in a trailer. No. Uh, but, but I guess there was no trailer in nineteen ninety four or seven. No. Uh, Mike Colby, same question. Of all the times Jordan hurt her, what was the most dumb? Get over well, it, Angela. I'm glad that Dylan didn't take this one. Um, but it was when. Uh, Jordan Catalano sent Claire Danes a note saying, meet me at the museum, um, signed it from Brian. Um, so she's at the museum. She's eating dinner. Um, all of a sudden, the the so the uh, the the waiter comes up to her with a gas mask and there's just a note on there that says, put this on. Mm. Um, so the museum locks down. Uh, Jordan Catalano comes in with a bunch of his hooligan friends. Um, they're all wearing gas masks. You mm. see this green mist just start coming in. Um, everyone around them starts dying. Uh, Angela puts on the gas mask. Uh, Jordan proceeds to 
run around uh, listening to Prince, uh, defacing the art. Um, and then he comes in, uh, sits down with her, sends all of his goons away, um, looks through her portfolio of photos. Um, and then I don't remember what happened after that. But yeah, that was I was like, you know what? He just wanted to see your pictures. He was making a big deal out of this so that he could see the pictures that you took. I thought it was a grand gesture. She thought it was weird, um, but he thought it was a grand gesture. I, I was like, this is the most romantic thing I've ever seen. Um, I wish you didn't make such a big deal out of this. He, he killed like 15 people. Big deal. And, and what happened after that? Um, I don't remember. I think um, Angela went back to her house Mm -hmm. um the uh the curly haired brian guy uh came in then there was a fight um brian puts a a silver serving tray in uh underneath his shirt um jordan catalano shoots him you do good uh, yeah mm -hmm. and then he smashes a vase it yeah i mean yeah but that was that was the first vase that her dad gave her mom, though. So you could see why she would be upset. But I guess I can understand what you're saying. Like, yeah, he's just yeah. really, no, all was, he wants to do is look at your portfolio. Things, like, like when Jordan Catalano takes her to the church and walks her up all of those steps, there's like a clock tower. Mm. Uh, there's like a, a bell up there. Um, and then Brian's chasing after him. And, mm. you know, but that, you know, some of that stuff is upsetting. You asked about the ones that she should have just gotten yeah, over. No, it no, was the okay. museum thing. Perfect. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> um, now, because this is a classic 90s show, obviously most of our characters have uh, classic catchphrases that they kind of try out and then some latch on throughout the season. Um, can you tell me, Dylan, what was your favorite catchphrase that any of these characters said over and over again? It's any time that Jordan Catalano says, I'm going to never finish the spaghetti. Yeah. Like once an episode and he's not eating spaghetti. He never does. Like, yeah. Like, all right, cool. Whatever. All right. Well, let's pause my question and get to this one, which is way oh, more wow. important. What was everyone's favorite Jack Black cameo? Because obviously he did pop in here, I think three to four times. Mm -hmm. And we're going to exclude the Sasquatch cameo because that is the given. Mm -hmm. um but michael colby your favorite jack black cameo from my so-called life well if you ask me i did um 1994 tenacious d was sort of uh, like right where you wanted to be um so the battle of the bands mm -hmm. when jordan catalano's band um plays their just just plays their little hearts out um they're they're up there they're they're screaming they're eaming they're screamoing um and you know they're they're putting so much all of the band members are just crying tears of joy yeah. uh they they love this new song they're premiering at this battle of the bands and you know they're main characters of this show so you know, you think, oh, man, this is so beautiful. Everybody's going to love this. And then it, just two guys, just Kyle Gass, Jack Black, get up on stage. They play Rock Your Socks. 
and everybody's just on their feet cheering and everybody from Jordan Catalano's band is just devastated. And I thought that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's odd that you mentioned the Tenacious D one because mine actually was a Tenacious D reference as well, but not a musical one. It was the one where Jordan Catalano went to get his spine pierced and he saw Kyle Gass there and mm-hmm. Kyle Gass is like, wait, you have your spine pierced too. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, some kids are not going to get that, but I get that. <laughs> uh, question off top of exact. Do you have a closet? Do I, do I have a closet of a hat? <laughs> uh, I, I do, actually. Yeah. I, yeah, there's there's probably a whole bunch of them. There's probably seven back there somewhere. But yeah, it's, it's my hat, man. Uh, Dylan Terry, favorite yeah. Jack Black cameo from my so-called life? It's, I mean, you know, Jack Black is a physical comedian, so it's nice to see him on stage. But I like the vocal cameo he has in the Purge episode um not the eating disorder episode the lawless anarchy episode where um like you know they're like eight eight o'clock bell rings everybody's in class and then the announcements come on and it's jack black giving you the purge warning at the start you know for the next next what is it eight hours seven hours however long the school day lasts all laws will be suspended um have at it kids go crazy uh i mean the rest of the episode is not great but um, it's nice to hear Jack Black being like a posh British woman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that was a really interesting way to have a bottle episode start, though. It's like, how do you get everyone in the same room at once? Mm-hmm. Uh, you do that. Um, now, speaking of Tenacious D and the Battle of the Bands, uh, Jordan Catalano goes through a lot of different bands throughout this season. Uh, the, the band that he talks about in the last episode, it's called Residue, uh, which they sound like a pretty cool band. But as we know, he went through probably... 26 27 different bands in this season uh two-part question and i'm going to start with dylan what was your favorite genre of music jordan tested out and your favorite band name of that genre that jordan catalano was in in my so-called life it is the i like the speed metal band obliteration threshold like that was pretty good yeah um but i think no, I think I'm going to go with that one. I think I'm going to yeah. go with Obliteration Threshold, um, especially right. considering they do speed metal on an accordion. Mm-hmm. And it's just an impressive piece of music. Yeah. I mean, you've never seen whatever these muscles are. I've never seen those muscles stronger than a, like a speed metal accordionist. Yeah, you're uh, trapped. What? You're traps. traps. I'm pretty sure it's traps. Yeah, that's these oh. muscles. Is this a Star Wars thing? No. No. I think it stands. I think it's short for trapezoids. Oh, that's a that's a (laughs) Dylan showing his Pornhub page. That's cool. Uh, (laughs) All right, Michael Colby. Same question. Um, I'm not a fan of pop punk music, but I thought it was fun because when they try when they were trying the pop punk band and they were in the basement, um, and they're like, "All right." We got three songs. That's really all we need to start going out because uh, we only get as a punk band. We only get 15 minutes uh, sets to begin with. Anyway, what are we going to name this band? And then Jordan looks over and, you know, to where all of the the for some reason, his parents kept the boxes of all the electronics in the house. Mm-hmm. And he saw the one for the uh, coffee maker and he was like automatic drip. And then they had that Ooh, that pop yeah. punk band automatic drip. Yeah, 
That was nice. Yeah. Uh, they sounded kind of like Hoobastank, right? Is that what that Hoobastank? Is that pop punk? Hoobastank is new metal. No. No. Hoobastank. No, it's not. <laughs> well, then what am I thinking of? Hoobastank is the reason. Hoobastank sounds like Incubus, kind oh. of. Okay, well then, obviously it's not pop punk at all, since you already knew Zach. I don't know what pop trying punk to is. Trap me. What's pop punk? Is that Blink One Eighty Two? Yeah, pop yeah. punk is like Blink One Eighty Two, Green Day. Yeah, automatic. Some Forty One. Garbage. Yeah, garbage. Uh, okay, my next question that I have for you guys is: uh, throughout the season, obviously it's a '90s show, and they have that classic hangout spot, which because of. Uh, Random fires, uh, random drug interventions, uh, and other things. They were the reason. That's true. Hoobastank was the reason. Um, of, of all the random places that the, the group just you know gathered and hung out and showed their pogs off together, mm-hmm. what was your favorite of the hangout spots? Michael. Um, there was the, the park. Um, they had the tree. Uh, there was a bench. Mm. Uh, they had the the anti homeless, mm-hmm. uh, what do you call those armrests in the middle? Yeah. Um. So it was just a bunch of very like attractive twenty two year olds pretending to be sixteen year olds, just like sitting in a straight line. So then every time, it was a little bit awkward because if somebody was sitting you know, three or four seats down, um, they would have to film the thing. And it was always just that one Mm -hmm. static long shot with the, with the bars on the bottom and the top. It it didn't fit again. The editing in this show was just atrocious, but it was, it was funny and relatable when like one of your friends sitting four seats down said something. And then you would have to be like, what was that? And they would be like, yeah, mm-hmm. I said, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, yes, that was a funny observation. Yeah. And then it the person just, next you know, to you is like, why are you yelling in my face? Yeah. yeah. Very true yeah. to life. Yeah. Just, yeah, very realistic <laughs> interactions yeah. with, you know, teens. Because that's how teens do it. Yeah, just hanging out at a nine-person bench. Just mm-hmm. trying to repeat each other's sentences. Honestly, mm-hmm. that was that's what the 90s was. Before cell phones, we just sat. <laughs> uh Dylan Terry, same question. Favorite hangout um, spot. It comes in the later half of the season, but when they start hanging out at the donut hole, but not the weird one. Um, I thought that was like a really good social gathering place for them. And they always have to distinguish not the weird one. Uh, ever since Ray Ann went to the weird one mm, and they had yeah. that very special episode. Um but you don't see a whole lot of donut parlors. Yeah. And, um, you know, when it got bought out by Tim Hortons, it was really kind of a, a major blow to the end of the uh, season. Yeah. But I see, I, I don't know if I can agree with that because I thought that because that donut shop uh, was the sponsor of those few episodes, they just kept saying the name of the donut mm-hmm. shop over and over again. And I'm like, yeah, we get it. This is the donut hole, like the good one. Not, not the weird that. one. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not the, not the yeah. Weird one. yeah. They added, I did like how they added the, like the, the sign. Yeah. Parentheses, not the weird one to the bottom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the, I mean, they had to. Yeah, because I mean, after out. after you saw the weird one, we all watched yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah. Whenever they said, "All right, we want to go to the donut hole," you're like, "Oh no, it's not the Ooh. weird one, is it?" 
yeah. then they would show the outside shot of of the donut hole, not yeah. the weird one. Because then it came to the point where people stopped asking if it was the weird mm-hmm. one or the good one because it was assumed it'd be the good one. And then that mm-hmm. one time they took to the weird one, and it's like, uh, we all know what happened. It's to like Ray. eyes wide shut in here. Yeah, I, I did. I did really like that episode in uh, the donut hole, the weird one, uh, <laughs> directed by David Lynch. Um, I I really liked the interior of that of that place. Uh, the guy who owned it, you know, walking backwards. I I feel like he used. I I feel like he reused a lot of his older stuff, it, but it was nice to see it split up. Mm-hmm. It was weird to show. see the baby from a racer head behind the bar, though. Yeah, it it was nice to see that he grew up to be, um somebody who was like uh Jared Leto. A, yeah like yeah. a a reasonable member of society mm-hmm. after yeah, I, what he went through the thing is like whenever you give david lynch like free reign you kind of just get to points where you're like i don't even understand what and you're thinking about what the decisions are like why have just sand as the ground in a donut shop uh even if it is the weird donut shop and now yeah, i'm spending and- too much time uh worrying about this and not why uh this wall has a tuxedo on yeah, and why did they why did they use the sand from mm-hmm. the floor to make the tables and the bar? Like yeah. it it just seems like because there were no plates in the donut hole. So they're just putting glazed donuts on top of sand. Yeah. And it's like yeah. these can't be good donuts. Like yeah, they but also it's like good this... to begin with, but then they're just covered in sand. Yeah, and you're like, this has to, there has to be a meaning to this. You don't just put this in something for no reason. Yeah. Just to make this kind of thing up for no apparent reason makes no sense whatsoever. It's, it's David Lynch. If he wants a yeah. hand dryer that spits out spiders, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, yeah and fair. they did it, you know, when they interviewed him on MTV, um, hmm. they were like, can you tell us about about the sand table like why was everything so sandy at the donut hole they're like can you explain that and he just said he just said no and that was all he said about it yeah no i don't like salads (laughs) uh now (laughs) obviously the last episode started with uh with with angela's dream uh where her feet were stuck and she can't get to jordan and her aunt dies and her parents want to spend more time with her um which turns out that her having random dreams is a pretty big part of the entire story uh so much so that every other episode starts with one of her dreams um now michael colby what was your favorite dream uh intro to my so-called life in 1994. Uh, I really was enjoying the episode. I think it was episode 16 mm-hmm. that started with uh, it was Claire Danes and Jared Leto um, on Endor. And oh, yeah, he was because this was like right when their relationship was hitting their its first like rocky patch. So Jared Leto is on the speeder bike, um, just weaving in and out of the trees and she's trying to keep up with him. Um, and then they never really put any Ewoks in, but there was like hints of Ewoks. There was like a little bit of movement here and a little mm-hmm. bit of movement there. 
The speeder bikes also looked a, l- a little bit off. So I don't think they actually had the rights to any of it. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm thinking of it, she may have said Mdor. Oh. Oh. So. Oh. Yeah. Well, that changes a lot i wish i would have heard that Hmm. because that reminds me of the dream she had with her friend emily and she kept calling her m and then there was like that Mm -hmm. door that she had to hold all those things back from and they're like emily hold the door Mm -hmm. emily hold the door Mm -hmm. emily door m Mm -hmm. M door yeah yeah m door so much sense now huh uh yeah b highland they they had a, a great remark that it was the renaissance fair um now obviously they didn't understand what that meant because they came in dressed as completely the wrong people mm-hmm. but yeah i mean the, the renaissance fair was a very funny episode and to move over to slapstick was pretty interesting um but yeah uh dylan terry how about you what was your favorite dream sequence well, i thought you were going to talk about it when you talked about the m door dream but it's the mm-hmm. other door dream um she finds that she like has a dream that she's at school sure Goes into like the the crawl space above the auditorium and finds that weird little half door, goes through it. And when she goes back to class, everybody has Claire Danes's face and they just say, Danes, Claire Danes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's some weird like body swap shenanigans and, you know, get, she gets trapped in there. Um, and to have that dream go on for most of the episode and to have almost the entirety of the dialogue just be Claire Danes and then Claire mm, yeah. Danes like expressing who is Claire Danes? My name is Angela. It mm. Really, really kind of clever meta commentary on the show, I thought. Yeah, it was meta way before Facebook. Mm-hmm. Like, that was some mm. serious, serious good thinking there. There's a, um, you know what? I didn't really think of it, but the amount of, like, John Cusack tie-in yeah. um, with this show was... And, and for him to have never actually been, like, it's like John Cusack watched my so-called life. And, and then just took ideas for everything, everything, everything yeah. that yeah, you've everything. ever seen John Cusack do after 1994 mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. just a ripoff of my so-called life. Yeah. But before 2012. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> Come on. Uh, okay, we don't have a lot more time left. I do have a couple more questions. Uh, as we see in the last episode, uh, the theater trope is, is a big deal here. They're super into the theater. They're trying to sell tickets for this show that I completely forget what the name of. Um, but it seems like that, uh, you know, they're all theater kids and they put on multiple shows to get to nationals or regionals throughout this season. What was your favorite iteration of a theater show that they put on? Uh, I'm going to start with uh, the theater kid himself, Dylan. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, it was when they did Grease 2, but it was really heavily redacted to make it safe for school. So it was only like 13 minutes long. Yeah. And it was like three words of dialogue, next scene. The opening notes of a song, next scene. And then for some reason, they just did the um, let's do it for our country song in full. That one mm. where it's like, let's do it for America. Let's do it for our country. And then in the bunker. Yeah. Now, I don't I've never seen Grease 2. Would you mind going through the quick plot of that? Uh, there are some kids at school and they all want to have sex with each other and they do a class on reproduction and they go to a bowling alley and they want to have sex with each other. And then they're in a bunker to protect themselves from the Russians and they want to have sex with each other. Oh. And then Sandy and Danny drive off a cliff. Or is that the end of the first one? I think that's Thelma and Louise. 
I think they're the same. I think oh. Grease Two Grease Two is like the bridge between the two uh, IPs. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, it's a, it's a very random. horny okay. movie. Yeah. Um, it does it does feel yeah. horny? I'll say yeah. that. Uh, which is why they had to cut it down to a thirteen minute kind of like montage. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, now I'm gonna go to the art theater kid, Michael Colby. What was yours? Um, there was one episode where they wanted to do the play hair. Um, and there was an entire episode where they were trying to figure out, um, if they should do the nudity. And it was very strange because the teachers involved in this and all they're talking about is whether or not they're going to be able to put these high school students nude up on stage in front of parents. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, it was a very strange episode. They end up doing it uh luckily since the actors were in their 20s yeah it was okay but they were still portraying high school students uh which was very strange and if you understand that reference that i just made um i will make a personal podcast just for you <laughs> about anything that you want It'll, it'll but you have to prove so. to me that you understood <laughs> what that reference was to. All right. Expect All right. my email in four minutes. Uh, I, I really thought you were going to say uh, when they redid Jesus Christ Superstar and had Enrique play the Ted Neely character. And then people are like, wait, is this saying Jesus might be gay? And I'm like, this is a pretty good episode. But they didn't answer that question. Yeah. So who well, knows? B. Highland did say um in case you missed it b highland did say that uh everyone is sad and gay so of course they're theater kids no everyone oh. is everyone is sad and gay you just mm -hmm. can't tell people in the 90s yeah. that you were sad and gay you could tell people to you know that everyone's gonna die that's fine but it was you still you could you could tell them that you were gay you just couldn't tell them that you were bisexual oh true yeah you also couldn't be sad and gay i think not not <laughs> yeah you had yeah you had to be happy yeah or mm -hmm sad and straight yeah yeah the the 90s was a very like binary time and mm -hmm. people look back on it fondly but uh it was horrible no i agree i agree um yeah. i don't really have any more questions about this show uh except the uh the most obvious which is based on what we think happens in this show would you make time to binge it dylan terry will you have time to binge this show nah Michael Colby. Absolutely not. Um, I, I would like to figure out because the last episode did feel like a 40 minute episode of television. Yeah. So I would like to figure out exactly where it was that they got a new editor. Mm. Um, but I don't want to suffer however long it takes until that new editor does show up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, hey, there we go. Scene snobs are here. Hi. A oh, we're getting played off. Of Greece. <laughs> it just about made me piss myself. And then it's... Kobe comes in for the win. Binary nineties. <laughs> Binary nineties. <laughs> the name of our. That's the name of our electropop duo. I love it. <laughs> They're not doing well though. It's not a good band. No. There's we don't have any music made. I yeah. thought. I thought we we bullshitted a lot for our show. Nah. And you guys, we pale in comparison. I've got a degree in children it. dancing on the stage of mediocrity you, compared you to you guys. You and that's so that's why. Awards this year, how many did you win this year? Seven, right? 
Uh, it, it was this, show got three, this right? particular yeah. show got it was in three. the upper double digits. This so, <laughs> I should be because yeah. you you just won the snobby award for best bullshitters. <laughs> I love it. Hey, listen, we like look. You can't tell us we don't like shows. We love our TV shows. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Remember it right or not? It, my my favorite part was when Jeff is in the green room because he's on the next show. He's on Real Combat tonight, and. He was sitting at the computer. He looked like he was about to get up. And then you mentioned Ted Neely. And Jeff sat back down. Because <laughs> he's such a Ted Neely fan. He has interviewed the man. It's a great interview. Go check it out. Classic um, conversations with Jeff Dawson. Boom. Yeah. We're getting to that part. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you guys did amazing today. Brilliant. This was so thank you, funny. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and that stands. If somebody donates $10 and can prove to Mick Manhattan that you sent $10 to this charity, you prove to him. And he'll send it to me. I will send them a personalized podcast of their topic or choosing, and it'll be professionally produced. I'm going to put music to it and everything. I'm going to go at it. So yes. I'll make, I mean, I'll, I'll make Dylan oh. do most of it, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to, you're going to instruct Zach. That's an important part. Of course. Look, I get, I get it done is what. Yeah. It as is. a fellow instructor, that's really my power here. Yeah. Hopefully for five, five. Dylan's doing like 40 podcasts. And five 30 tonight. Um, Mm -hmm. You will learn more about Zach and Dylan's relationship. I, I true. Yeah. yeah, we have yeah. a very special PowerPoint presentation. I can't tonight. wait for this. I can't oh. wait for PowerPoint. It's gonna the be next amazing. show is really funny too. So make sure you're back at five thirty tonight for it. Thank you guys so much. Really, truly appreciate you coming out and doing this. You guys are all amazing. Uh, no time to binge, everybody. Go check it out. And on the way. Go down to the descriptions, hit the GoFundMe, and donate your money. Yes, give us no, the money no, for no, the no, things no. because these wonderful people are providing you with fantastic entertainment, yeah. all for a and, great cause. And Almost let for us, free. Let us know that you gave the money because we will send you personalized podcasts. Yeah. No, that that's you true. cannot, once you get the podcast, it's just for you. No yeah. one else is allowed to listen to it. It's like Don't a Wu-Tang you. song. Don't oh do F word, yeah. share it. Yeah, but don't saying, don't be that. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> no, you, no, we can't have any Scarellis. No Scarellis. Uh, <laughs> yeah, none of them can have our shit. <laughs> all right, guys, thank you very much. We appreciate you all. Donate money, please. Great charities. Yeah. We love you all. Please, please, please. And we'll see you back at 530 Eastern. Yes, you guys are the best. Guys, this is no time to binge. Go check it out. This was a lot of fun. And thank you, Zach. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Dylan, for all being there. We'll see you guys in a little bit. Love you. Appreciate you. Thank you. As always, another fantastic round of shows. Are we supposed to go? No, no. It's more fun to keep it I'll awkward. Send you oh. <laughs> I had to kick them out, but we love them. They were fantastic. That was, that was wonderful. That was a great time. Um, and we had